Over the weekend, thousands of people across the country, including here in Chicago, attended rallies protesting the probable overturning of Roe v. Wade. Lawmakers locking arms, standing alongside health care providers, community organizations, and activists in protest of the leaked Supreme Court draft decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Abortion is currently legal and will remain legal in Illinois if Roe is overturned later this summer. But that's not all that will make Illinois unique in the Midwest. See, after June 1st, minors will no longer have to notify a guardian before seeking an abortion in this state. So here to tell us more about this and what legal challenges might arise if trigger laws go into effect is Amory Clafetta, Director of Women's and Reproductive Rights Project for the ACLU of Illinois. Welcome, Amory. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. So I want to talk about the protections that exist in Illinois. So can you explain the change in parental notification that's uh, set to take effect in June and what actually led up to this? Sure. So the repeal of Illinois' parental notification law is actually the latest in a series of actions that lawmakers have been taking here in Illinois for the past few years, anticipating um, the end of Roe versus Wade, which we've now seen in the leaked draft opinion. So specifically with parental notice, that is the last remaining obstacle on the books for people who are trying to access abortion care here in Illinois. Mm -hmm. And it says that young people have to give notice to a parent 48 hours before they have an abortion. Um, or they have to go through a very burdensome judicial bypass process. And young people under what age? Under 18. Okay. And so we know from research, we know from our own experience with the ACLU, working with these young people for many years while the law has been in effect, that most young people who have a good family situation and healthy family relationships, they're going to involve uh, an adult or another trusted Um, family member, another trusted person in their decision. And when they can't, they usually have very good reasons for that. Um, And so that, you know, they may fear physical abuse. They may fear getting kicked out of the house. They may have seen it happen to an older sibling. Um, And so this parental notice law really was just putting those young people into very dangerous, very harmful situations. So we're going to see that come off the books on June 1st so that young people can access care. Will it apply to people seeking abortions from out of state as well? Yes, it will apply to anybody seeking an abortion care here in Illinois. And again, we know from the research that you can't legislate healthy families and healthy family communications. So all this was doing was making it very hard for young people who are harmed by the law to get care. So in talking about Roe versus Wade, one one of the ways that... um, holes have been poked in that uh, that ruling over the years has been to require these waiting periods for people seeking abortions. But that doesn't happen here in Illinois. Is that right? That's correct. So at the ACLU of Illinois, we've been doing a lot of work for decades, going to court and fighting back against attempts to add obstacles like waiting periods. Um, starting in 2017, we were able to do some good work in the legislature here in Illinois. In 2017, we passed a bill we refer to as HB 40, and that removed the trigger language that would have resulted in abortion being illegal upon Roe being overturned. Um, And then in 2019, the Illinois General Assembly passed the Illinois Reproductive Health Act. Um, That law codified Roe so that no matter what the Supreme Court says, there's still a fundamental right to abortion under Illinois law 
And it made sure that any of these other types of restrictions, like waiting periods or counseling or anything like that, that are not based in any sort of evidence or medical practice that really just put obstacles in the path of people who are seeking this basic health care can't happen here in Illinois under that law. So uh, we know that abortion access, as you mentioned, is, is codified in Illinois law, but is there any danger of it being overturned if the, if the makeup of the state legislator changes or if we get an anti-choice governor in future? Yeah, so as it is right now, every legislative session, we see anti-abortion politicians introduce bills to try to repeal these strong laws that we have in place. So that happens right now, and we're able to fight that back. Um, we're in an election here. An election year here mm-hmm. in Illinois, and you know we know that we absolutely cannot be complacent. Um, so we need. It's really important this year that we need people to vote and to stay energized, support pro-choice candidates, and do the work at the polls so that we can keep these protections that are important not just for people in Illinois, but as you mentioned, other people in surrounding states who are facing abortion access being totally cut off where they live. Yeah, in uh, Missouri earlier this year, uh, amendments were introduced that, uh, among other things, would make it illegal to to help people from that state who want to seek abortions here. Um, will that be a legal concern for Illinois providers who are performing abortions for patients from Missouri? Yeah, so we know that the anti-abortion groups are not going to just stop at seeing Roe overturned, and we know that they're not going to stop at seeing abortion banned in the states, you know, that are currently poised to ban it upon Roe being overturned. Um, We know that one of the things they want to do is try to prevent people from traveling outside their state Mm -hmm. to Illinois. So there are constitutional protections that should prevent one state from reaching outside of its borders to try to regulate what happens in another state. You know, we live in a free country. People should be able to travel. Things may be legal in one state and not legal in another. Um, But we also know that we're in a new world. We're seeing things like the Texas SB8 law that went into effect in September. It's plainly unconstitutional, and yet it shut down abortion care in the entire state of Texas for, you know, almost eight months now. Um, What I can tell you is that the ACLU is prepared to fight back hard against all of these attempts to keep people from getting basic reproductive health care. Yeah, so you're you're fighting back against things like um, uh, other constitutionally protected rights that fall under that right to privacy, like gay marriage and contraception. Yeah, so we, you know, one of the reasons that I think people turned out so strongly at the protest on Saturday is because they know this is not just about abortion. So we know that once Roe falls, a host of other rights are up next. Mm-hmm. And the anti-abortion politicians are not going to stop at abortion. They're going to come after the right of people to use birth control, to decide who to marry, how people raise their kids. Those are all on the table. And abortion access is just one part of a broader agenda to restrict a lot of civil rights and civil liberties, a lot of which are tied up in the right to privacy that Roe is based on. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we are talking with Amory Clafetta from the ACLU about what will stay legal in Illinois if Roe v. Wade is overturned and also what legal concerns might arise. Uh, Amory, I want to switch gears for a moment here. Yesterday, Mayor Lightfoot made this controversial announcement banning minors from being in Millennium Park on weekend evenings without any adults present. Um, and she announced at a press conference this morning 
that the weekend curfew for minors will be changed from 11 p.m. to 10 uh, a.m. This comes in response to the fatal shooting of a 16-year-old boy on the weekend. Uh, He was by the Bean on Saturday. Uh, Let's listen to a clip of the mayor from a press conference this morning. Now, I want to be clear. It gives me no pleasure to impose these rules and restrictions. But having exhausted every other tool and remedy, we've got to go to this next step to make sure that our jewel of Millennium Park um, is available and open to everyone. Young people absolutely are welcome downtown, but in the evening hours, they must be accompanied by a responsible adult. So why does the ACLU condemn the ban on unaccompanied minors in Millennium Park? Let's start there. This type of ban is a really broad overreaction. Um, You know, what we just heard the mayor talk about how Millennium Park is a jewel in our city. What this does is send a signal that young people, especially young people of color, are not welcome in Chicago's downtown and they're not welcome in, you know, Chicago's premier park. That is very concerning and an overreaction to a specific target. Um, You know, law enforcement have tools available to them to investigate and, and deal with criminal activity. But we shouldn't be assuming that everyone of a particular age is going to be involved in criminal activity. And I want to be clear on uh, make a clarification on something I mentioned earlier. So this press conference, she was announcing that that curfew for minors was changed from she had originally said 11 p.m. She now changed it earlier, one hour to 10 p.m. Amory, activists are saying that this move actually makes the city inhospitable for black and brown youth. What do you think? I mean, exactly. It, you know, one of the things that it's also going to do is invite police to engage in a lot of interactions with young people of color, not just who are in the park, but in other areas of downtown. Um, that's exacerbated by the fact that this um, ban on young people in Millennium Park is very, very vague. Um, so what does a responsible adult mean? How do you prove that? If someone is downtown with an older sibling, um, do they have to avoid the park? Can they show that their sibling is responsible? Is a police officer making that judgment? You know, we have a lot of questions and there are a lot of um, concerns that we have as we look at all of this. What are the consequences for minors who don't have an adult present? Like, are there going to be fines? So I think this is one of the questions that we have, right, as we look at this. Um, what happens at 6 p.m.? Are, are people just going to be asked to disperse? the park? Are they going to be fined? What is is law enforcement involved? What is happening? So that's a great question. And we're trying to sort out exactly what this is going to mean. But it's part of our concern. Well, in a press conference this morning, um, Mayor Lightfoot responded to the uh, criticisms, um, you know, saying that she and her administration agree that there needs to be programming. Let's listen. That's why every week, There are literally hundreds of activities all over our city that are age appropriate at our parks, our libraries, that are sponsored by faith groups and community organizations. These activities are available in neighborhoods all over our city on the weekends, during the week, right now. Once again, I encourage anyone who's looking for these kinds of activities to visit my shy, my future. 
And of course, Amory, this is of course in response to a lot of chatter I saw. I know you saw it as well um, on social media. Uh, a, a lot of uh, folks are saying the same thing. We had earlier in the program an activist and author named Charlene Carruthers who was saying that this announcement limits young people's access to the park and and. She was questioning why this was the response instead of just allocating resources to programming for young people. What do you think now hearing what the mayors had to say to that criticism? I think we only have to look at what's happened in the past to know this is how this is going to play out. So after the curfew that went into effect in 2020 in response to the um, protests to the murder of George Floyd, what we ended up seeing there was that um, more than nine out of 10 arrests around the curfew were for people who are black. So a measure like this ban just invites disproportionate policing. And I appreciate, you know, the mayor talking about programming, but this is, this city should be open to everybody. The parks in the city should be open to everybody. And we are really concerned about this sort of targeted law enforcement um, of young people downtown. And what about, and also, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, you know, I would also mention that, we see the Chicago police in other contexts manage crowds, manage situations like after Cub games or Lollapalooza, for example, without mm-hmm. such a drastic overreaction. And I was going to say, what, what about 15 to 17 year olds who are just downtown because they work a summer job? Exactly. Young people work downtown. Young people live all over the city. Um, so, again, this is just a very overbroad reaction, we think. Yeah. Well, that is Amory Clafetta from the ACLU of Illinois. Thank you so much for, for stopping by. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.